No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible. This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. The first Ali Frazier fight of March 8, 1971 was arguably the biggest sports event Oh, in the history of the world. The man who won that fight doesn't get nearly as much attention as the man who lost that fight. Mark Cram Jr. is trying to rectify that with his new book, Smokin' Joe, The Life of Joe Frazier, a terrific new biography of one of the greatest athletes of all time, who is nevertheless in some ways underappreciated, and it is a pleasure to welcome to the show one of the best sports writers in the world, Mark Cram Jr. Mark, thank you for joining us. Uh, good to be with you, Jeremy. Mark, you come to this subject um, uh, biologically, I could say, <laughs> <Yeah>. or genetically. That's true. <laughs> I, That's true. I, I, I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have something in common, I think. <laughs> yeah, your, your dad, uh, also a terrific sports writer, of course, at Sports Illustrated in its golden age, in the heyday, covering Ali, covering Frazier, writing about their trilogy of fights. Um, why, why did you, how did you make the decision that you wanted to dedicate so much time and such a large part of your life for the last few years to going in-depth on Smokin' Joe, someone that your father had written about so extensively. Right. Dad had written uh, all three uh, Ali Frazier fights for Sports Illustrated and years later had written uh, the controversial book uh, Ghost of Manila in 2001 which was a kind of an essayistic approach to the two men. Uh, but as as time passed uh, and sort of the uh, as the dust settled, I just had a sense that uh, uh, it was worth taking a deeper dive into Joe. Uh, I wanted to write about him not just as a fighter but as a man and perhaps introduce him to uh, a new generation of sports fans. So... As much as possible, I wanted to build the book on fresh interviews with uh, primary sources, which is to say people who were still living and were around Joe and knew him intimately. You know, it was kind of a reporting job as much as a writing exercise. When you write about Joe Frazier, inevitably, of course, you're writing about Muhammad Ali as well. But one of the the purposes, one of the points of doing this is to remove him from the shadow of Muhammad Ali but the same, but the same time, you have to tell Ali's story because they're intertwined. How did you approach that uh, conundrum? Well, that was that uh, that was a real challenge because the point of the book was to uncouple him his story from Ali's story as much as possible. But you really can't do that. So you have to weave in the his relationship with Ali and uh, more or less kind of explain it. Uh, as you went along and sort of unravel it, uh, sort of take it, take a bit of a closer look at it. And, uh, you know, it's been said, I guess, by other writers that, uh, uh, you know, they brought out the uh, best of each other inside the ring and the worst of each other outside the ring. And I wanted to examine, you know, you know, the challenges that that created for Joe. Uh, and the question I had for everyone uh, that I interviewed was, 
is this animosity that he had built up over the years toward Ali, this is something that he took to his grave. You know, did he did he find uh, did he come to a place of peace about it? And I think I was able to answer that question at the end of the book. I think uh, there's a very tender scene there where I think Joe really, really reveals his true nature. We're speaking with Mark Cram Jr. about his new book, Smoking Joe, The Life of Joe Frazier. Mark won the Penn ESPN Award for Literary Sports Writing back in 2013 for his book, Like Any Normal Day, A Story of Devotion, and he brings all of his his considerable powers to bear in the telling of the story of the life of Joe Frazier, who was the heavyweight champion of the world, of course, uh, in that that golden age for heavyweights. Um, oh my, when, yes. When there was, uh, and and that's part of the story here as well. It's not just Ali, but of course his fights with Foreman, the other fights, uh, Mathis, Jerry Quarry, Jerry Quarry. Um, you, <laughs> with Joe Frazier, um, and and that relationship with Ali, though, there was always the question, you know, how much of it is just generating interest? How much of it is authentic? How much? Um, did they truly understand each other? How much did they actually loathe each other? How much of it was for show? Well, in the course of, you know, dedicating yourself to writing this book, what conclusions were you able to draw about where selling the fights, uh, overlapped into actual hostility? Well, it's an interesting question because, uh, my feeling was that Joe's feelings about Ali waxed and waned over the years. Um, you know, uh, there were days where you would catch him and uh, he would be, uh, you know, he could see the value that from an early uh, early point in his career, he could see the value that Ali held for him uh, financially and, and, and every other way. But uh, and Ali, uh, as you know, uh, uh, no one he was a genius at working the crowd. But I got the sense as time passed that. <clears throat> Ali was only too willing to up the ante. By that I mean he would see a crowd and he would start on his shtick about being the greatest and what have you. And uh, he sort of wouldn't get the reaction that he was looking for or hoping for. And he would up the ante a little bit. And it, it really ble- uh, it uh, would bleed over into uh, racial invective that uh, that really seemed to stimulate you know, the crowd. I, there's a section in the book where a a story, a scene in the book that where Ali's uh, up at his camp and he's uh, talking to uh, uh, some, uh, he, he's greeting some of his fans after one of his workouts, and he's sort of, you know, going through his thing. And then as soon as he starts calling Frazier a gorilla, everybody gets worked up, excited, and he's really got him. And Ali's really got him where he wants it. Well, that that did not sit well with Joe, you know. Uh, who is basically uh, he just under, didn't understand that why Ali had to go there go that far and Ali of course also literally went to Philadelphia basically Joe's backyard <laughs> the high news powers and, and you know came in on his territory it was incredible I mean uh, he while Ali was uh, on exile from the ring uh, for his uh, stance on the draft. He actually moved to Philadelphia and moved right into Joe's backyard and uh, and uh, was always showing up and sort of making a nuisance of himself. And and it was just, 
you know, Joe called it his skylarking, you know, Ali's skylarking. And it just got on his nerve. I mean, he would show up and and there'd be scenes in the street. Uh, there was an almost, uh, they almost came to blows at uh, uh, one day in North Philadelphia at the gym. The cops told him to take it to the park. And, you know, there were like, there were thousands of people lining up waiting for Ali and Joe to square off in Fairmount Park. I mean, it was, it was an absolute uh, circus. Uh, and, you know, Ali obviously saw the value in that. Uh, Ali was uh, understood that, you know, it was much more than just a prize fight or sporting event that he was that 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 the two were that the two were heading for. Uh, it was a, uh, a international event, and and that was Ali's gift and genius was that he was able to see things in magnified way that uh, perhaps Joe wasn't. Uh, Ali, you know, Ali was one thing and singular and um he represented so much to so many people those who loved him and those who hated him fraser almost uh inevitably becomes his foil and not just in the ring but in terms of perceptions of what they represented. And there were certainly those who used an ugly phrase to refer to Joe Frazier, as you write in the book, and called him an Uncle Tom. Where, where, did, that, where did that come from? Well, there was, uh, there was Joe was uh, uh, very close to uh, uh, Philadelphia Mayor Frank Rizzo. Uh, and, he, and he, who was the police commissioner and later the mayor. And he was a big, boisterous white man who, who uh, really uh, uh, climbed to power in Philadelphia in the '60s and the '70s. And uh, Joe uh, befriended him and became very close to him. And through that relationship, he later became friendly with Nixon uh, and uh, some of the other uh, Republican uh, leaders at that time. Now, the genesis of all this is interesting because Joe had come up from uh, Beaufort, South Carolina in the 50s, late 50s. He was he had on the tail end of the uh, great migration of African-Americans to the north. Um, and he went to New York and he was uh, kind of getting into trouble. He was stealing cars and what have you, although no record exists that he was ever arrested. His family sent him down to Philadelphia to live with his sister, uh, Martha, who was known as Maisie, who I spoke with for the book. And at that time, uh, Joe was 30 pounds overweight. He couldn't fit into any of his clothes. He really had no direction. And Maisie suggested that he go to the police athletic league, you know, and uh, she said, if you get into trouble down here, there's nothing I can do for you. But, you know, perhaps the if you get to know the police in town, you might find a little bit of, uh, you know, get a little bit of guidance from him. And that's exactly what happened. He uh, was uh, he went to the gym and uh, really kind of gained a great respect for the cops because the cops were good to him. And he sort of had that respect for authority uh, that. Uh, you know, was kind of 
kind of placed him at odds with uh, some of the uh, social wins at the time. We're speaking with Mark Cram Jr. about his terrific new biography of one of the greatest fighters, one of the greatest athletes of the 20th century, Smokin' Joe, the life of Joe Frazier. Of course, he was the heavyweight champion of the world uh, after Muhammad Ali was banned from boxing and he retained his undefeated uh a status as heavyweight champion of the world by defeating Ali on March 8th, 1971. The first of their three fights, arguably the biggest sports event in the history of the world, right up there certainly with Dempsey Tunney to at Soldier Field in 1927. That fight in particular was so big. It was such a gigantic cultural moment. Um, and those pictures of Frazier and his floral green trunks, you know, are, are burned into our memory. Right. Uh, what what does winning that fight say to us about who Joe Frazier was as a fighter and a man? Well, to begin with, uh, one of the fascinations with Frazier, and you could say this for Ali as well, can you think of any athlete who's put their body on the line the way they those two did in that fight and in all three other fights, really? Deathmatch. Uh, and it's an interesting thing. Um, I remember Ali once saying that if you want to see me get beat, don't talk about my religion. Tell me how great I am. You know, butter me up. <laughs> well, don't don't talk about my religion. Don't get me mad. Well, that's exactly what he did with Joe. By the time Joe stepped in the ring that night in March of 71, no one was going to beat him. No one. Not Ali, not Dempsey, not Lewis. No one was going to beat him that night. He was so focused and and ready to go. Now, the interesting thing was he, he did win the undisputed title, but there was a lot of – he got very upset by the idea that it was – he sort of had a, a – it was kind of an illegitimate uh, 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 hold that he had on the title. It was undisputed because – Ali had been forced out of boxing. Exactly, and and he was, um, and Ali himself, you know, fed that narrative. And almost within 24 hours of the fight, you know, he was putting that narrative out there that Joe was somehow an illegitimate uh, champion. Well, he would say that he was the greatest on one, a great champion on one hand, but in the next breath, he would say that there was some illegitimacy about his hold on the title. So he was always working Joe, uh, working on his uh, psyche that way. And Joe, Joe particularly found that uh, to be uh, uh, aggravating. You know, I mean, uh, uh, the interesting thing though is if if Joe had fought Ali in '67, which is a big question, they were, they were trying to arrange it before Ali went into the, you know, uh, was put into exile. I think Ali would have handled Joe fairly easily i think at that time so they were meeting at the perfect time in their careers in many ways speaking with mark cram jr again about his new book smoke and joe the life of joe frazier and and it's a terrific book and a terrific tribute to um one of the most important athletes of all time but for you personally mark writing this book as we discussed in our first segment you know someone who is so closely associated the subject that is joe frazier with your father as well uh, who died now 17 years ago at the age of 69 after his great career. What did it mean to you on a personal level? Um, and, and and how did it um, connect you with your father again? Well, my dad, uh, as you say, passed away in 2002. And um, 
is really never far from my thoughts. Um, you know, uh, we we were very close, and uh, I admired him tremendously and his uh, his work. And uh, you know, I just never dreamed that I would be doing a book on Joe Frazier. I figured that was his that was his uh, um, you know area of expertise and his territory and. You know, editors over the years had asked me to write about Joe. They lived, they knew that I lived in Philadelphia. In fact, a book editor in 2008 asked me to consider a biography of Joe, and I rejected it at the time. But you know, it was I was sitting in my office about uh, I don't know four or five years after Joe died, 2006, 2016, I guess it was, and uh, I just got to thinking that. Uh, uh, you know, if somebody writes this book 10 years from now, everybody that knew Joe is going to be virtually gone and they'll have to write the book. They'll have to write the book from uh, clips, you know, and sort of piece it together and not having any firsthand knowledge. And and as soon as I thought of that, you know, I, I became flooded with chills. I felt like there was some, it was some sort of cosmic uh, uh, traffic light that was turning from red to green and uh I just had a sense that my father's spirit was with me. And I'm, as I'm talking to you now, I have these same chills. I just feel like, you know, uh, he, he just, uh, you know, was with me every step of the way with this. As I said, it's, it's a terrific testament, not only, not only to Joe, but uh, to your dad's legacy as well, if I may say. Mark Cram Jr.'s new, Thank you. new biography of Joe Frazier is Smoking Joe. And Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having joined us. Thank you, Jeremy. I do appreciate it. I'm Jeremy Schapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern Time.